Hi everyone, my name is Alexandra, but everyone calls me A. And my name is Sean. We are the hosts of the Yodeling Sock Puppet Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about a wide variety of topics like Disney, Mario Kart, TV shows, Harry Potter, and so many other random topics. Welcome back to another episode. Hello everyone, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to another fantastic episode. Of course, every episode's a fantastic episode. Yeah, but this one's extra fantastic because we have a special guest on. We do. Back again, uh, we have Auntie T. Hi, everyone. So if you don't remember, um, Auntie T is a recurring person on our podcast. She was on, she's kind of our environmentalist specialist. Um, <laughs> and she was on an episode last season called How to Save the Planet. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend going back and listening to it. It is one of our, like, most popular episodes. Actually, the most popular. It is the most popular episode. (laughs) It still gets listens, even though it was, like, one of our first episodes in season one. So it's probably a year old at this point. Yeah, and you can even just go on Apple and type in How to Save the Planet, and our podcast will be one of the... I don't know if it's one of the earliest searches, but it is up there. (laughs) I've done it before. I just have to scroll a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I try to do that with, like, random episodes to see, like, if I type in random, like, searches, like, see if our episodes will come up. And I know How to Save the Planet was one of, like, the ones that it came up closest to the top. So it is one of the most popular. It is one of, it was one of the most fun to record. Um, and because you guys liked that so much, we wanted to do another environmental podcast today. Buy that well, here we What? Can you hear me? Yeah, I just, like, went to talk, like, right as you finished your sentence and did not understand what you said. Okay, it's fine. Okay. What did um, you want to say? This is going um, good. Yeah, this is, this is a, a solid beginning. I mean, they always are, so. This, um, is, this is actually our part, too, because something happened with my audio. So this is our second try at it, and it's going so good. Okay. Well, it's always, you know... We never said this was a well-organized podcast. <laughs> if you've listened to any episode, you probably know that. I think you guys do a great job. Thank Our you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes they're a chaotic mess. Yeah. It uh, depends on our fun. mood, our recording mood. Sometimes we do it when it's, we're really tired. Like, I was just listening to one of our most recent ones that came out, our decom music. Mm-hmm. And yeah. me and A had just, like, come back from a hike. Because we A was, like, rambling on about something, about the hike. And... The episode was just so in- hard to listen to because me and A kept like giggling while like people were talking. It was like <laughs> I remember that we kept making weird faces at each other, so we were like dying of laughter mid podcast while like we had a guess on they were trying to like speak and me and Chunk kept looking at each other. It was so bad. That's why it's probably better. So like how we're recording this today is like me and A are not, not together. together. A is right with now. Auntie T. So me and A can't make faces at each other while Auntie T is talking, which is probably Oh, yeah, probably. Even though <laughs> I'll try my hardest to like not laugh while you're talking. Okay, I'll make funny faces at you though. Okay. I'm All so right, sad so I'm missing that. How we planned so, this is me and Sean came up with. We didn't we even say what the topic oh is God, yet. Yeah, we haven't. Well, read the title. What... <laughs> well, you should probably say what the topic is. Do you want me to? You can say what it is. You know what we're talking about today. Yeah, oh, so... okay. <laughs> you got it. Um, I was asked to just share a little bit 
um, of my journey of being plant-based and what that looks like, you know, some being vegetarian and vegan and, and different ways that, that if you're interested, you can be on the plant-based journey as well. Yeah. So we're talking about eating food. (laughs) (laughs) Fun stuff. All right. So as I was saying before, um, me and Sean set it up. So we each, not each. We made 20 questions together. I'm going to, Sean's going to say the odds. I'm going to say the evens. And yeah, then you compared. <laughs> yeah, I, you asked me first, so. Um, I was trying to be nice. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being nice. Um, you prepared your answers. You're all prepared, as always. <laughs> you know, I love to be prepared. And I do want to say, uh, Sean, that eventually uh, A is going to bring you some some vegan treats. That was my goal for this this podcast so that you both can munch on them maybe for your oh next God. podcast or That's so exciting. I can't wait. Yeah. I'll probably have them for Sunday. So we honestly could probably eat them and then add a segment in at the end talking about the <laughs> delicious food. Oh, yeah. We can totally do that. Because do a little yeah. review. Of course. This is like a rarity that we're actually like prepared. Like usually we're recording our podcast like the night before. Yeah. <laughs> this is or like day of. There's like ahead right now. Wait, was the podcast <laughs> supposed to come out today? Did a podcast come out today? A podcast did come out today. Okay, Whew. got a little panic there for a moment. Um, the one with Shan. Oh yeah, fun one. Go listen to that. Yeah, it's our end of our um, Hogwarts house series. Very sad. But we'll be starting a new series soon enough. Don't you worry. Oh yes, our our new series. I think we mentioned it last time. It's real good. Yep. Real exciting. So why don't do we want to so. Do you want to say anything before we start, Auntie T, about? Yeah, that would be great. Um, okay. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you both for having me on. I, you know, I think this is wonderful and I really appreciate it. Um, I love having you on. It's always a blast. <laughs> um, and so one thing I, I just did want to share is that everything that I'll be talking about today is, is really just part of my own journey. And, you know, I believe that plant-based eating is a spectrum and I'll definitely talk about that. It'll probably be my biggest buzzword of the podcast. Um, so this is really my story on that and food and eating habits can be such a loaded subject, um, for people and can have so much meaning that, you know, I believe it's really important to have an understanding where someone is coming from, from wherever they are in their plant-based journey, or they haven't begun it yet, or they've been doing it for a while. I just think that empathy and understanding is really important with that. So I just wanted to kind of share before I talked about this kind of heavier subject. Awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll go in. So I'll be asking the first question because I I've got straight the so, um, So what made you want to start this journey of being plant-based, more looking at more vegan foods? Like what started, like what made you want to start this? Sure. Um, so my initial step um, into the plant-based spectrum was many moons ago. Uh, it was actually a bucket list item that I had always wanted to do was to be a vegetarian for 30 days. And so I tried it for a New Year's resolution and uh, I was, it was after college and I did it and just found that I really wanted to continue a diet without meat. And so as I've continued on a plant-based diet, I really have found myself transitioning from being a vegetarian um, to to eating more vegan. 
And one of this, uh, one of this reason, or these reasons is because uh, when I moved to Seattle a few years ago, it was just so readily available. There were so many different options and it was easy. And I just found myself really falling into that. And so now, um, you know, my reasons for being, you know, more in this lifestyle is really much more environmentally focused. Uh, reducing meat consumption is really one of the biggest ways that humans can lower their overall environmental footprint. And so as I've continued on this journey, I've really tried to incorporate a local and in-season mindset as well, which really has also helped impact my food consumption habits on, on the earth. So it's been a big a big journey and it will continue to be, but everything that I consume, I try to do so really mindfully. Isn't that crazy to think that like, it started as like a New Year's resolution? I yeah, I was gonna say that, that's so, that's so cool. And like, look all just... these years later? I know, I know, and to be honest, to share a little more about that, I had just gotten out of college and I, you know, had a, I think I might've had two jobs at the time. I was, had my own apartment and honestly, it was kind of a little bit less expensive to, buy or it was more expensive to buy meat so i was like all right well i guess i'll just continue it and then and then it continued more and really started more morphing into my own values here, here we are today here we are today also, I that's so to cool say, the one time i came and visit in seattle it's very true there are like a lot of eating restaurants and yeah. we went to that one so good oh so yeah good. i so and that you know it definitely that's part of what i shared in the beginning you know it's really about accessibility as well and I was lucky enough to have all those options and it just made it really easy. So yeah. yeah, it's definitely harder in certain situations. Like where it's me and my mom, you know, I feel bad like ever being like, yeah, no, you can't cook certain things. But like if I have the option to like go to a restaurant and like not choose meat, then like, yeah. of course I'm going to go that route. But yeah, that's like, yeah, that's, that's how I've like felt because like, I'm, I don't, I, I don't cook my own food when I'm home. Like at school, it's different. But like when I'm at home, I don't cook my own food. So I like it's it's like a lot to ask people. Yeah. Personally, but oh, like yeah, I'm definitely. hoping like one day. Yeah. Oh yeah, I very much. I mean, I made this transition when I had had moved out, and you know, was was yeah. cooking for myself. And so I can definitely imagine that it's also different when you live with people, and people have different eating habits. So. You know, it's all just part of everybody's individual situation. I remember yeah. being in the third grade and we had this kid in my grade who was vegetarian. And I'm assuming his like parents maybe were. And so he never brought like meat to school or anything. And I remember being so fascinated. I remember asking so many questions. I was like, so you just don't eat meat? And he was like, no, I'm like, do you, have you ever eaten meat? And he was like, no, not really. And I was like, why? I was like, well, I was like so confused by it. I remember being like so young and like not understanding. But like every time I had lunch, we had like lunch. I was like, so, so you don't know me? And he was like, no. And I was like, wow. I thought it was so cool. Thought you like trip him up or something. Yeah, one day he'd thought, be like, oh yeah, this is a meat sandwich. I thought one day I would catch him and I never did. Some. We can move on to question two. So what was your process to become, or what is your process in becoming vegan? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so as I mentioned, when I moved to Seattle a few years ago, um, I actually started working on a vegan food truck as a grill cook. And it wasn't really until I moved to the Pacific Northwest did I realize how readily available and easy it was to eat that vegan diet. And because it was so accessible, I found myself 
naturally gravitating to all different kinds of vegan food, really trying things I had never tried before. Um, and one of the things I really liked was, you know, I think sometimes there's this misconception that, that vegan food is really healthy. And I always kind of chuckle when people say that because the vegan food that I eat is, is definitely not probably the healthiest sometimes. And it could still be that comforting, cheesy, melty, you know, really rich food that just like fills your soul. And when I was in Seattle, there were just so many different options of that. And it was, it was wonderful to try. And so in my current journey, um, the majority of food that I cook in my own home and and bake is vegan. Um, Since I've I've moved to a new area, I found it uh, a bit more challenging to find vegan meals as readily accessible as they were in Seattle. Um, Though I have really noticed a big transition to restaurants and eateries, really trying to offer more vegetarian and vegan options than before, Um, which which is so wonderful. And I think, you know, if places keep moving that way, it'll be helpful just to make it more of a a readily accessible option. So that's kind of where I am at this point. And I'm hoping to just keep walking towards, um, you know, being fully vegan. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that, too, that, like, restaurants have had more, like, the vegan. I was at some restaurant, I can't remember one, they were, like, vegetarian options. I was like, oh, it's like, Auntie T could come here to eat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I always just, honestly, I look for either um, a little plant-based, you know, or a little plant, like, emoji thing on the menu or a big old V. That's usually where I I, um, kind of land on, so. Yeah, and I I definitely think it's more, it's important because... I feel like at a lot of restaurants, the only vegan or vegetarian options they'd have is just like eating a salad and you don't want to just like always eat salad (laughs) forever. So it's nice that they're like, it's, I think it's important that more restaurants incorporate more vegetarian foods that aren't just salads. Yes. Um, As somebody who's, who eats plant-based, I very much agree. I, I love a good salad, but I also love something that has, you know, that cheesy warm really kind of oily taste as well so that's where I also live (laughs) all right um what would you say has been your most what has been the most rewarding part of this whole process yeah so for me plant-based eating um really goes hand in hand with living simply and just trying to live a lower waste lifestyle as I talked about in the other podcast Um, Really, through all of this, I'm just trying to leave each space a little better than how I found it. Um, Consumption is really integrated into everything we do, from what we purchase and watch and read and listen to. We're consuming all the time, and especially when we do so when we're eating. So I really try to, as much as I can, really do it mindfully. And so plant-based eating has given me the opportunity to feel really connected with the earth, a larger community, you know, that I ever thought of, of folks who are on their own plant-based journeys, and then just a little deeper connection with myself. So it's been a few different, you know, rewarding parts over the last, oh gosh, I would say like about 10 years. Wow. I didn't realize that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's a long, time. a long time. Plus you've gotten some great recipes. On it. <laughs> yeah. Some good recipes. <laughs> Amazing foods that I've gotten. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. And then um, some probably not great foods, which is fine because, you know, it's it's all part of a journey. Can, and... I, sh- can I share about the ramen? 
you you can share about the ramen and let's i just want to do a little disclaimer that um later on we're going to be talking about a uh, business that i am opening up and i am i promise you that this situation will never happen in my business <laughs> this was a one time so um i was living with my grandparents part-time your parents mm -hmm. um and so whenever i used to come my aunt would cook and it was always some like vegan or vegetarian type of option and one night she was like i know you love ramen but i'm used to eating like my packet ramen she's like i'm gonna make you like a really good ramen i was like all right and so she's like cutting all these veggies and she put them in like a container and put them in the fridge and then we were eating um the like ramen as we're watching um a movie and I was like my stomach's kind of upset so I like kind of stopped eating it and my aunt afterwards was like so how was it I was like oh it's was, it was pretty good kind of made my stomach upset and then she also asked my grandmother who was eating it and she was like yeah it kind of made my stomach upset too and then my aunt realized that she might have um in the fridge she also had a container for like compost you know <laughs> veggies that you can put aside and she, she might have used the compost veggies oh my gosh. And to this day i still will never let this up and no. bring it up all the time yeah compost ramen forever it's called yeah the compost soup i made my own vegetable stock and because the way vegetable stock works you have to let it simmer on the stove top so i woke up at like 5 30 in the morning and i just really kind of haphazardly grabbed a ziploc bag in the freezer and yep definitely grabbed the compost one so um you oh, wow. tried so That's hard so too. Funny. you're like so confident yeah. worked so hard worked so hard and i also was like adamant that my own stomach didn't hurt but like it really <laughs> did the next day i was like in pain still and i was like yeah that definitely happened oh my god that's so funny <laughs> yeah so but i like i said it won't happen again but yeah that's Definitely a learning moment. <laughs> oh my god! Always double check the bag you're going for. <laughs> yes, that was. You made a lot of really delicious vegan meals. Besides, I don't know if this was vegan. It was vegetarian. I know the risotto. That's the only thing I think you've made that I didn't like. Oh, good. We're just continuing with, with this. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, this is really brilliant. I know. I've tried different kinds of risotto. I just. Yeah, but you know what? We'll just keep trying it. We'll just, you know, we'll find one day the risotto of your dreams. I hope. Yep, I hope too. <laughs> All right, moving on to question number four. So we talked about the most rewarding part, but what has been the most challenging part for you? <laughs> so I have a quote. Um, oh, no, what can you eat? Um, this is the question that over the last 10 or so years I've heard most often. And it used to really bother me when I was starting out as a vegetarian. Though, because I've been living a plant-based lifestyle for so long now, my community has really generously accommodated when anytime food is involved. And I also am better at preparing too. You know, if it's a situation where I think there might not be as many options. I might, you know, provide for myself. But yeah, even when I go out with with folks uh, from work or what have you, there's always that. Oh no, what can you eat? And then people like to choose my meals for me and say, Oh, you can eat this. And I'm like, Oh, it's not a big deal. I can eat it myself uh, or choose myself. But um, yeah, it, that's probably the biggest, the most challenging thing that happens. Which I know it comes out of a place of like caring and yeah. worry. So it's. It's like a very nice challenge. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine how that can be a little annoying sometimes, especially <laughs> when you get it so often. 
Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I very much try not to create, you know, take up a lot of space and, and really anything I do. So, you know, I am always like, oh, don't worry about it. I can take care of myself, you know, in the nicest way possible. But I know that the intention is really there of, of caring and support. So. Yeah. You ready for the next question? I'm just like trying to figure out the question marks in this question. <laughs> there like, were a few. Yeah, I just was like, like oh, okay. Why is there? Why is there like? I went and added in the question marks afterwards, so I think we can blame <laughs> me for that one. Who? What is the biggest advice? Who? And then it's like a question mark <laughs> for someone who, and then okay. But the question is, what is your biggest advice for someone who wants to <laughs> become vegan? Yeah. So the, the biggest advice I would say is. Take it at your own pace and at your own comfort level and, you know, know that really whatever you do to incorporate plant-based eating into your lifestyle, you are making a difference. You know, veganism and plant-based eating really means different things to a lot of people. And unfortunately, I do think that sometimes there's this notion of all or nothing. And I deal that can really just alienate people and communities and and like you both mentioned, sometimes you're in situations where you're not the ones purchasing the food and cooking it. So to make someone feel bad or shamed for that, I just think can be really alienated. So I personally like to think of plant-based eating as a spectrum. And wherever someone is on that spectrum really just makes a positive difference. So take it at your own pace and wherever you're at and just focus on your own journey. I love that. I have definitely known some people who have, you know, you can just feel that like, if, like, if I would, like, I have not like, obviously, anywhere close to be like, fully committing to being like vegetarian or vegan. But then you like feel like they're judging you. Because they're like, oh, so you don't really care about the environment. It's like, I'm, it's like, my I like how you say it's like your own personal journey. And then some people just kind of don't understand that. Yeah, there are definitely some intense people out there. And I get that, like, you know, they're, like, really passionate about, like, what they're doing. And they care. But, like, sometimes it definitely can be, like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that's true, really, in anything. You know, whether it's your eating habits or, you know, your environmental habits or your, you know, I don't know, political or religious or whatever it is that there's always going to be those people who think that their way is the best way. And I am such a believer of everybody lives their own individual journeys and do their own paths. And it's really hard to make those assumptions because you don't know what they're carrying or going through. And um, like I mentioned before, eating is such a personal thing that everybody needs to do what feels best for them. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great, not so just, I guess, yeah. It- All right. So what is your favorite new food that you've tried from your plant-based journey? <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, one of my favorite things about exploring vegan food in Seattle was really how it opened my eyes to the vegan junk food, comfort food, street food world. Um, and like I said, you know, I do think that there's this notion of vegan food being healthy, which I definitely get, especially trying to live a balanced diet. 
though I think I will always be partial to that junk food realm. That's oh, just yes. who I am. And you know what? <laughs> I'm leaning into it. So my absolutely favorite food was something we made on the food truck. It was a vegan version of the Big Mac, uh, which was funny because I had never actually had a Big Mac, a regular Big Mac. So the vegan version, it just was something I would make for myself after every Friday shift. And then I would also make a side of fries that were smothered in avocado, kimchi, vegan mayo, and green onions. And it was called uh, Port- uh, Portland, Portland Fries. So um, those are really specific, but they just hit my junk food, comfort food spot. It was one of the reasons I probably stay in the food truck for so long because I really just loved it. <laughs> That's like today as we're driving um, to your house, my aunt was like, um, so like we're going to have to try a bunch of like different mac and cheese recipes. Like we need to find that like perfect one. And I was just makes so much sense, of course. <laughs> I know we were talking about, was it the deep fried uh, mac and cheese mac and cheese wedges oh yeah i have them at my work oh uh, yeah like, oh my god once we find the perfect mac and cheese we can make like yeah oh yeah. mac and cheese everything i've also been searching for a good mac and cheese recipe so i can put on pizza um you Ooh. know just get into that world the vegan mac on pizza Ooh, just throw it on everything honestly yeah i love a good vegan cheese that's one thing i thought like like, I love cheese. Cheese is, like, one of my favorite things. And I was, like, and it was so iffy about vegan cheese. I was, like, how can I ever anything, like, compare to cheese? Yeah. And it's honestly so good. Like, I love a good vegan cheese. We had that mac and cheese, that vegan mac and cheese from that place. Remember yeah. that? Last I do. Summer? I do remember that. That was so good. What else did we get? I think we got, we got a... and something else. We got a burger, a I burger. think. Oh, we split okay. it. Okay. And then we also got smoothies. So good. Yeah, we got like interesting flavors. Mine was like cinnamon toast crunch or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Also, I want to apologize if you can hear my dog barking in the back. Um, There's people moving in across the street, and so she's kind of been going crazy like all day. Um, Is that Lady? No, Lola. Oh, oh yeah. Why, Lady's not as nosy? Yeah, Lady. Lola's so nosy. She has to know what's going on with everybody. (laughs) Oh yeah. All right. So what would you say your hardest food to give up was? Well, it's a perfect segue from what A was saying. Um, So I think the hardest food that was, or the food that was hardest to give up for myself and really is like the most prevalent in restaurants is cheese. Um, I have heard that from a lot of other folks on this, you know, in the plant-based spectrum as well. It just is so synonymous with comfort. So to have something cheesy gooey and melty that is definitely a staple on on lots of different menus and so with all the cheese substitutes out there there are really alternatives that i find are comparable and then i've also just kind of shifted away from needing to have cheese on everything so it's been i would definitely say that's probably been the the longest thing that's been hard to give up but um there are so many good options out there I can understand that. Cheese is very, it's very good. And it yeah, just, cheese, cheese is on a lot. Yeah, it like sneaks into to <laughs> random things, you know. You don't really think about how many things it's on, like a cheeseburger. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of other foods. Well, it like, I find Pizza, it that like, it that sneaks is... into salads yes, and yeah, pastas. Definitely. You know, there was this beautiful salad a, a couple weeks ago I wanted to get and 
I think I ordered it without the cheese, which is which is so fun. And again, you know, restaurants being really accommodating, and I appreciate that. I think it just is such an additive, you know, to our to our culture that you know it definitely is hard to have it without. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking about that now. There's so many foods that like cheese is just a part of. Yeah. That I love how a, your example was a cheeseburger. <laughs> All right. Well, I noticed that as well, but I didn't say anything. I was like, yeah, you know, it definitely, you, you have cheese in the title. Good job. <laughs> wow, thanks, guys. It was the first thing that came to mind that a cheese on it. Not that I even eat burgers, but like. All right. Number eight. Yes. What is your favorite dish to make? Plant-based dish. <laughs> um, well, first of all, how much time do you have? Because I think I could take up like 10 podcasts <laughs> talking about all the food I like to make. But um, the one dish that I make most often is a breakfast burrito. So in my journey to also use less plastic, I've tried to make the transition of making my own tortillas. Um, though, because it's a lot of work, takes a lot of effort, uh, my breakfast burrito is usually a breakfast bowl because uh, I just go <laughs> without it. Though what I do is I saute tofu crumbles and I put turmeric, uh, nutritional yeast, which gives it a really good cheesy flavor, good old salt and pepper, some red pepper flakes if I'm feeling a little bit spicy, and then I just cook it up in olive oil. And then really, depending on my mood, I will go either the veggie path with greens and mushrooms and onions um, or if I'm really missing the street food from the food truck I will include tater tots and avocado and all that good stuff and all of my burrito bowls really have field roast apple breakfast sausages and I top it with a healthy amount of melted chow cheese put in a little bit of hot sauce and you got yourself a party like that is just really I remember living with you and you always used to have your your burrito bowl yeah it just and when I like am able to make tortillas and like make it into a burrito there is nothing better it is something we made on the truck I fell in love with it right away and it's very much a staple that I make for myself most dinners yeah it sounds I've must have had it before you've probably made it for me probably I make it quite a lot (laughs) It's so cool, too, because it's such a, like, diverse thing. Like, you can make it, like, however you, yeah. like, feel in the moment. Like you said, depending on the mood. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, and it doesn't seem like a wicked hard dish, either. It's kind of, like, what you can find. Like, what veggies do we have in the fridge today? Which, if you live in my house, it's, like, it's got a tomato in there, maybe. <laughs> hey, tomato would be great in there. <laughs> the veggies always are <laughs> lacking. Well, you were supposed to, you were supposed to have more veggies because you were supposed to you had we had all those veggies at my house when we did the veggie tasting podcast. I was so excited to make a big salad yeah. with like all the different vegetables we had from that podcast, and I left them at Sean's <gasps> house. No, you talked about the salad. Oh, she does this. I don't know whatever happens to those vegetables. We def- my mom definitely used them in some way or another, except <laughs> for the except for the sprouts, which we learned you can't draw, but we. <laughs> We did anyway. Go listen to the veggie podcast and you can get more details about sprouts and fun veggies. (laughs) And why you should not eat them raw. Yes, don't eat the sprouts raw. We bring this up in the podcast now a lot. Don't eat the sprouts raw. Unless it says ready to eat. (laughs) 
Yeah, otherwise, do not do it. <laughs> but it would just be safer if you just always cook your sprouts. Yeah, that's a lot of the vegetables we ate raw. I feel like they should. It's a lot better if you just cook them all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I loved that podcast. I loved that you both were trying things a lot, like outside of your comfort zone. And I gotta tell you, as somebody who is a pretty like you know, immersed in the plant-based spectrum, I would never eat a mushroom raw. Like, I love mushrooms so much so, but when I heard you were eating that, I was like, oh, oh. I immediately oh. got the text after you listened to me. was like, you ate a mushroom raw? I'm just like, wow, that is, that is gumption. A straight up gumption. I'm like, well, I already, I already hate mushrooms. I have a big fear of mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, um, he has a fear. Sean is full on, like, afraid to put a mushroom in. Well, when you're stuff. eating it raw, I'd be afraid of it, too. It's yeah, like, Sean was, I forced him. Sean was like, I don't want to do this. I was like, you got this. I really hate, they're like so, the texture of them is so gross. I, I won't even eat them if they're cooked or in anything. I literally, well, we have this like um, vegetable ravioli at school and they have like mushroom in it. But like, I can't like know the mushrooms there because it's all just like a ton of vegetables just like in the ravioli. So I don't really like see what I'm eating. So if I don't see the mushroom, I'm like a lot better. I know it's like in there because I like read the ingredients one day and I was like, ooh, there's mushroom in this. But I really enjoy it. And it's one of my favorite vegetarian like dishes they have at school. And, but I, I can't see, I can't see the mushroom. So that's fine. Mm. I feel good about that too. I definitely have, uh, when, no, no spoilers. But when we get to the question about the food I don't like, I've tried to hide it in things, but I always know it's there, and it always just mocks me. Whew. Yeah, I have tried mushrooms so many times, and I want to like mushrooms because so many dishes like come with them, and they don't really have a lot of flavor. They kind of take on like what's there. Yeah. Um, I, for some reason, just can't do yeah. it. And my dad used to make me. It was literally the simplest dish. It was like those like mushroom soup cans you get, just like with chicken. I loved it. And I was like, mushroom. And yeah. I didn't have an issue with that, but I think it was kind of like the same thing. Yeah. The mushrooms were like kind of cooked into it and small or whatever. But yeah. Mushrooms are, I'll agree with Sean, they're kind of spooky. But I also at the same time, like I love like mushrooms and not the sense of eating them. I think mushrooms are just so cute. Oh my God, today. <laughs> so my, going to my grandmother's house, they have like a big like patch of like mulch with like bushes and trees. And my grandmother and I were walking in and my grandmother was like, since it's rained so much, there are mushrooms everywhere. They're like know, they're really are. all over in it. And I was getting into the car and I watched my aunt and she was like, the mushroom. And she goes, bam, and kicks the mushroom as hard as she can. And it exploded like everywhere. And I was like, what did you do? She was like, I kicked the mushroom. I was like, no, I was like, it was such a nice mushroom. And then I'm touching one of them and my uh, auntie T was like, you know, it was really satisfying, though. And I'm looking at the mushroom, and I was like, well, you know, one more won't hurt. And I kicked it, and it's so satisfying. The, like, I'm proud of you. Explodes. Yeah. Took all the mushrooms. Oh, my gosh. It just, yeah, had a really satisfying sound. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Not that I'm promoting, like, kicking, you know, natural things. And it was really my impulsive side coming out, but it did. Whew, I like Maybe that every voice. now and then, Maybe you just find a mushroom. Maybe just try it out to feel it, you know. Kick the mushroom. Oh, wow. If you guys ever get merch, you should have something that says kick the mushroom. I feel really good about that. <laughs> kick the mushroom shirt. It's got a little, little mushroom on it. It looks scary. I love that. All right. Can you explain um, the difference between vegan and vegetarian? <laughs> yes. And I was sharing with A how I was all prepped for this answer. And I actually have a few other terms I would love to throw in as well. Um, um, so so plant-based eating, the way that it's you know defined and also 
just like use in regular day life is really a diet that focuses primarily on food from plants um, or plant forward eating, which is a new term I just learned and I absolutely love it. So if you're just trying to put more plants forward, you're, plant, you're on the plant-based spectrum. And so it really includes fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, legumes, oils, beans. Legumes? Uh, legumes. It's uh, like, <laughs> like, like different like kinds of beans and stuff, <laughs> like, like a green bean. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just like, no, it's okay. Um, caught me off guard. And proportionally, you are choosing more food from, from plant sources. And then within this big umbrella of the plant-based spectrum, you have um, a flexitarian or also a semi-vegetarian, uh, which just includes eggs, dairy, um, occasionally meat, poultry, fish, and seafood, also eating all those good uh, vegetables and fruits. And then you have a pescatarian, which includes eggs, dairy foods, fish, and seafood, though you're not eating meat or poultry. And then vegetarian, which has eggs and dairy, though no meat, poultry, or seafood. And then you have vegan, um, which includes no animal foods or animal byproducts. And so, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, there, there are these definitions, but people really fall in them and in between them. And, you know, anywhere that you're on there, you're really in that plant-based world. It's just trying to incorporate more um, fruits and vegetables and things naturally found um, that's not causing harm to, to animals or, or their byproducts. So. Yeah, there were a couple in there. I definitely didn't know. Like, I didn't know the semi-vegetarian or flexitarian. I did know pescatarian, So I one time watched this commercial. I forget what it was, but it said, like, the word pescatarian. And I was like, what is that? I was like, there's vegetarian. I knew, like, vegetarian and vegan. But I was like, what's a pescatarian? And I looked it up, and I was like, oh. I was like, I could do that. And it was a lot harder than just, like, what I thought. But, yeah, I definitely didn't know the, the flexitarian one. Also... Just because A threw me off a little bit, legumes are, are definitely not green beans. They are like different kinds of like nuts, like chickpeas, black beans, lima beans, kidney beans. But yeah, they're they're good old legumes. So <laughs> I'm not a fan of the you, legumes. You don't like legumes. That's why you don't know what they are. <laughs> I do not like beans. Do you like beans, Sean? Um, no. Not that I I'm like brought. So. I never really ate a lot of beans. Like, I have had a very limited amount of beans. Mm. I, I like green beans, but I don't know if they really count as, like, the bean bean. No, I would say beans are another one of those things that if they're folded into a meal and really incorporated with some nice flavors, they can kind of sneak in maybe mm. a little bit more like, like the mushrooms and stuff. You know, some people, I used to have a roommate who would eat a can of black beans kind oh of God. just straight and that was her jam and I was like go for it um but as someone who's actually not a super big fan of black beans I have to fold it into things but when it's mixed in with other flavors um I really do like it so all right so this next question is one I get a lot especially when I tell people I'm like yeah I try to like stay away from me and People are always like, you're so small, like, that's dangerous for you. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, as long as you, like, learn how to correctly, like, eat and stuff. Um, so the question is, where do you get, like, your protein and, like, other specific, like, vitamins and stuff from? Yeah, so eating? Um, this, is, <laughs> this is one of my favorite questions because, 
even on um, the beginning of my journey, this was a super big misconception. I think that most people are really where our society is in terms of protein. You get your protein from meat and your protein from dairy. And there's less so protein in dairy um, and there's other sources besides meat. So I get my protein from so many different places. Uh, a lot of really good green veggies have high protein, uh, beans, tofu, there's certain grains, um, tempeh, which is just really a, a fermented soybean uh, block. I use it a lot for like BLTs, mm. um, dairy-free yogurt mushrooms, <laughs> uh, nuts, and, and meat alternatives. And there's so many different ways that I, I get protein. And then in regards to the other, um, the other like vitamins and nutrients that people get from, from meat or dairy, um, really the only thing that needs to be supplemented in a vegan diet is B12. Um, and I take a, a complex B vitamin every day, which really just helps get those good supplements in there. But really, you know, with any diet, it's just making sure that you're eating mindfully and you're, you know, really just balancing the best way that you can. But there are so many ways to get protein um, that are just as easy, if, if not easier than, you know, eating meat. So yeah, it's one of my favorite questions because it definitely has expanded over the years for me. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't understand that you like protein isn't just come from meat so I think it's important for people to understand that I know I feel like if a lot more people knew about that then they definitely would think more about not eating meat because I feel like that's a wicked big thing I mean there are a lot of people who just like straight up like meat but I feel like people are like oh like need to get that protein like yeah and go eat meat which as proven is not necessary there are other ways to to get that protein yeah, and I actually, funny enough, um, for <laughs> for my dog, um, one of her, her walkers um, when we were in Seattle, who is this wonderful, wonderful human who had her own business and just really cared for my pup, um, was sharing with me about maybe changing my dog's um, eating because she was eating a lot of protein. And what this person shared, because she was a dietitian herself, is as humans, we think we, we need so much more protein than we actually do. And yes, it does keep us fuller longer, but the amount of protein we think we need versus what we do is really uh, off, um, kind of off. And so that was something that kind of changed it for me as well. Of You know, oh, I always need this protein. I make sure it shows up in every meal that I have, um, you know, just to help keep me full. But yeah, I do think that there is a little bit of that misconception. misconception. Wait, yeah. right. I jump in. I couldn't feel it. <laughs> you can feel it. You can feel the misconception. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great point. I've never really thought about the fact that, like, I feel like that's a big thing. We're like, oh, yeah, protein, protein, protein. And it's like, yeah, we probably don't need <laughs> nearly as much as we feel we need. Yeah. So um, does um, veganism go beyond food for you? Like, for example, bikes, clothing, makeup? Just to jump in real quick, yeah. Sean, like, first made this question, and Sean was like, so, like, does she use bikes? And I was like, what? And Sean was like, like, the leather on the seat. And I was like, oh, are you talking, like, on, like, that's, I was like, oh, you're talking, like, more about food. And Sean was like, yeah. I was, like, so confused when Sean was like, does she Yeah, because I remember I watched this video on YouTube once, and it was, like, these people who were vegan, and they were, like, 
I, I think it was like I can't. Really, it, it's like a popular series where like it's like do you like agree, disagree, strongly disagree, all that, and you like stand on lines. And one of the questions was about bikes. Like, would you use like leather on a bike seat? And I like never thought of that before. And like some people had like their own answers. They'd be like, yes, for like this reason, and people would be like, no, like for this reason. And like I like I think because like I think it's just something I never thought about before. Yeah. Well, it was actually really funny because that was the first thing I saw. And were you I, also confused? Well, I was confused, though, to be honest. So the bike that I do own um, was very wonderfully made for me from the owner of the vegan food truck. So I 100% know that is it is a 100% vegan bicycle, uh, which I was like, I don't think anything on my bike, but that bike would not be anything with an animal product. But yeah, I was thinking more of my own situation, which um, was not as much as globally. Uh, though to answer, yes, I think really over the last few years, I have begun to look into the ingredients and the materials of where things come from. And I make a strong effort to choose products and items that are cruelty-free to both animals and the environment, really choosing secondhand or things that have limited ingredients um, and always really making sure that what I am purchasing or consuming has the least amount of impact on animals and, and the environment. But I think, Sean, that, that's a great point. Like there's a lot of things that sneak in um, mm -hmm. that you would not necessarily know, you know, yeah. if you think about as much, you know, um, I'm sure if, if we asked a bunch of folks, you know, about their bicycle, it wouldn't be something that comes up for them right away. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, like, I feel like there's so many little things you don't really think about. I also feel like this is a good one to almost start out with because there's so many little things in your life that you can just like change, like not even that has to do with veganism, just like helping the environment in general, like you talked about in the last one, just like changing little things that you use, like maybe a toothbrush and like simple things like that. It's just like, I feel like a really great way to kind of like start out. Yeah, definitely. Are you going to say anything, Sean? No, you can go to the next question. Okay. Um, what would you say about the vegan stereotype? Because I know there are quite a few of them. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so, so as I mentioned, I do think that there is a lot of judgment that comes with veganism. And a lot of vegans that I have met have attributed that to living a lifestyle that is not causing harm, so therefore is better. And that has been what has been said to me. And to me, that really causes a division and produces shame instead of uplifting people on their plant-based journeys. Mm -hmm. And for some people, I think veganism is a hard line. And I definitely understand that and I can see that. Um, though for me, it is that spectrum. And I think for people who are starting out or, you know, are trying to just live more mindfully, replacing one meal uh, for one day a week or for a certain time that would have typically been something that had meat or animal byproducts to something that isn't really does make that difference. Um, and I think it also is important to know that when people make those small changes, it could be a really big transition from their culture, 
their previous eating habits, their lifestyle, their family, whatever is going on. So that one meal a week might be a huge thing for them that they are working on. And I think trying to cause shame in anyone's journey really makes it difficult to have people feel uplifted to want to try something new. I think that's such a common thing with a lot of things. Like every little thing you do, every little step that you make to being more eco-friendly, to be, you know, better to be vegan, vegetarian or whatever, every little thing matters. Like the smallest thing, like you might not think like, oh, like, you know, why do it? It's not going to make a change. Well, it does. Like if, cause if everyone starts doing it, like before you know it, you're helping. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my, my favorite kind of facts I like to have on hand, my little uh, plant-based facts is even transitioning one meal a week that would have me or dairy or an animal byproduct to one that is plant-based. Um, if you do that for a whole year, just once a week, you actually are offsetting the amount of fossil fuels it takes to drive from New York to LA. Oh, and wow. so oh. it is the equivalent to driving that two, I think it's 2,500 or 2,000 miles. And just doing that once a week makes that difference. So, you That's know, I, I think, yeah, I think that there's that conception of that all or nothing. And I never live in that, in that space. I live in very much a, a nonlinear way. And I think that as, as humans, you know, just really trying to support one another. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What would be an easy change for people who don't want to go fully vegan, but want to supplement their diet in some way? Yeah, definitely. This I think this is one of my favorite questions. Um, so there are so many little easy shifts that can happen. Um, part of which is a result of how, veganism and plant-based eating is really becoming more mainstream. Um, so one, and this is just in my journey, um, one of the first shifts that I incorporated when I tried to eat more vegan was eliminating dairy milk. Um, so yes, that definitely means sometimes I go to a coffee shop and I have to take my coffee black. Um, though much more I'm seeing over the years is that places now have lots of different non-dairy milks, which makes it easier. Though for me, starting out with one food item helped me transition away from other animal products like eggs. Um, however, there are so many different strategies. I know some people choose a certain time of day or certain days of the week. I've heard of things called dinner vegans. I've heard of a three-day-a-week vegan, which is probably where I would kind of identify as three or four-day, um, where they choose to have... Um, meals that they're incorporating a vegan diet. Um, and there's also so many different levels on the plant-based spectrum that could be a good starting off point. You know, that plant forward mentality I shared before, I think is a great way to incorporate, you know, just trying to incorporate more fruits and veggies and, you know, all those different legumes, uh, all those different good stuff. I think, <laughs> you know, really wherever best suits the individual person in their journey is great and they should start there yeah i agree with that a lot i didn't even think about the whole dairy milk thing because i don't drink dairy milk anymore um i drink almond milk which i know is almond milk not milk uh which i know isn't the best of the two um but like i don't even think about it now because it's something that like my mom just like knows to buy that so i don't like request it anymore and it's just kind of like there and especially when i you know when we go to the coffee places around and stuff it's just like happy not to be like 
you know, like, what type of milk? Oh, like, almond. Like, yeah. it's such, like you said, like, simple changes like that definitely, you know, especially as they become routine, it becomes just, like, you don't even, like, think about it. And it's just... Yeah, yeah, I feel like milk substitutes are becoming really, really popular mm-hmm. just in general. Like, I think I hear about people having, like, the dairy substitutes all the time. And I think that's awesome because I, like, I, like, hate all milk as it is. <laughs> like, I literally... I think it's, like, being forced to drink it as a child really just, like, stuck with me. And I, like, didn't be told what to do. So I've always just hated milk. Um, but, so I've never tried any other, like, milk substitutes because I just don't drink milk. Like, so ever. you just don't have milk? <laughs> I just don't have, like, ever. So, but I think that I love, like, you hear about it all the time, about all, like, the dairy substitutes that people are having. I went to Duncan's the other day with, my grandmother and it wasn't even a place like I feel like that's such like a big corporation place but they also had like different options of like milk and I was so surprised I was like go Duncan's like you know like for them to I feel like it's definitely becoming like Sean said and you said a lot more mainstream yeah and and as I mentioned before you know it's all about accessibility which I think feeds really into a plant-based spectrum because if this isn't accessible for you it is harder to make that transition if you're looking for something like a substitute. And the only other thing I would probably just share that I was thinking about as we talk about it, um, I would say there's also very different foods that you can eat on a plant-based spectrum. And start off slow, I, I would probably share, you know, whatever feels good for you. But I know that there are some people who are like, all right, I'm going to start eating vegan and go out and buy a big hunk of tofu and like, you know, just try to eat it like that or throw it in the oven. And that's all that, you know, I love tofu. It took me a while to get there. But I feel like there are different foods that, you know, working up to or incorporating yeah. it or, you know, I, the first time I ate tofu, I just kind of put it in the oven and tried to let it cook that way. And I hated it. It wasn't until I lived with uh, one of my good friends and she started, you know, incorporating it in different things and really started cooking it well for me that I liked it. But I do think that sometimes people think that if you're plant-based vegetarian, vegan, you have to like mushrooms, you have to like tofu, you have to like kale. Spoiler, it's coming up. But (laughs) I just like, yeah, I think it's like you don't have to like that and still be in in that spectrum. Yeah, and I feel like a big thing with tofu is you almost kind of have to know how to cook it. Because like yeah. you said, to be someone who has never eaten tofu or doesn't really eat plant-based, to then be like, I'm going to eat a hunk of tofu and cook it in the oven. Like, that's not really how tofu is super supposed to be eaten. It usually yeah. takes the, like, flavor of things. And so, like... I feel like, again, eating it maybe in a small portion or actually knowing how to, like, properly cook it and stuff can make the difference. And to, like, go straight into that, you don't want to hate it and then be discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree 100% of, like, that starting slow. I was lucky since I've had you, so, you know, I've had all the, the good foods. Probably haven't even realized half the time. Like, oh, it's there. No. All right. All right. So do you find it hard to go and eat or going to like people's place for houses for like dinner and stuff? Do you find it difficult being a vegetarian slash vegan um, when it comes to that food? (sighs) Yeah. So I would definitely say um, this was challenging as I was first a vegetarian. Um, I am so, so lucky to have a community who is 
always willing to make sure there is something I can eat. Um, though I do also try to typically bring something as well, if it's the forum or a potluck or anything when I go um, to someone's home or a gathering. Um, it's somewhat to accommodate my own diet, though it's also to share some delicious plant-based food. Um, as I mentioned, you know, restaurants have really made the shift to offering more vegetarian and vegan options, um, though because I have, um, oh, sorry, <laughs> I got a little bit uh, sidetracked. Um, so that has helped. And really, you know, an internet search beforehand always helps. I always just try to see what they have to offer. Though my favorite things are going to restaurants because I have so many choices. It's overwhelming in the most wonderful way. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, you know, having a community that supports me so much, which, which is wonderful. And then also just trying to not have that mindset that people need to accommodate for me, that this is something that I have chosen. So I try to do my best to accommodate for myself as well. Yeah, that's definitely, I know, a question I've thought about a lot. Yeah. Just like going to different places to eat and being like, oh, like, how would I be able to like, you know, bring that over and stuff like that. So yeah, and I've also noticed in terms of restaurants, like it's, there is that, there are places I've been who have been so accommodating. If I ask for something without something, or like I had mentioned, there's so many more vegetarian and vegan options that it has made it easier. But um, for the most part, you know, I just, there has been a lot of that give and take, which is really supportive. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. This is a question we've hinted at throughout the whole podcast. <laughs> but what is the worst vegan food that you have tried? Oh, John. Kale. 100% kale. I, it makes me angry thinking about it, honestly. Like, <laughs> like Nickelback? Like, oh, don't even, kale and Nickelback. Oh, dear. So I have even tried to sneak it into smoothies, which I guess that's kind of counterintuitive since I know it's in there. Um, but I always know it's in there. Like I, and I really think, and I'm definitely not trying to blame her. Um, one of my dear friends who actually got me on, on the tofu train. Um, one day when I came home from work said, Hey, do you want some chips? And I was like, absolutely. I am chip forward. And I didn't really look at what I was eating. And all of a sudden I had kale in my mouth and I was like, uh. Oh no. And so I have tried so many times, so much of my community knows of my, my dislike of kale. I just, I can't, I can't do it. So you, you can be on the plant-based spectrum without liking kale. So no, <laughs> oh, oh, it's making me angry. <laughs> okay. I'm over it. You've gone past it. Yep. <laughs> I feel like kale is honestly like a pretty good one to dislike. So I feel like there are a lot of like other options that are good to mm. like substitute for kale. Yeah, I even, I had like a little bit of, you know, an internal argument with spinach for a long time, but now I've like really been a fan of baby spinach mm -hmm. and I can eat spinach, you know, in certain ways. But that's the great thing is there are so many different options that just because you don't like one thing doesn't mean that you can't be, you know, eating more plants. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever tried kale before. And I was trying to think, too. I've probably eaten it, but it just, you have to do, and some people definitely eat it raw. Though, really the way that 
for folks who don't like it or are new to it, like you saute it and it just takes a lot of effort. And you usually have to wash it and massage it. And it's you kind of massage it? Yeah, massage it to make it softer because it's just a little thick. And I always just find it kind of like sits in, in my stomach. And like, I know there are kale fan, people who like live and breathe kale. And I just. There definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would rather. Yeah, motorcycle cruise by. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just not my my jam. It's like um, I don't know if you've ever seen Parks and Rec, but in like the last season, like like the town that it takes place in is very un- unhealthy, but then it, like it becomes more healthy, and then the main character mm-hmm. she goes to get a milkshake and they ask for kale, and she's like, they ask for kale in my milkshake, in my milkshake. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my, I like I just yeah, and I and I have to say like. In, in that realm, the Parks and Rec realm, I definitely, like, really identify with Chris Traeger. But in that moment, I'm 100% Leslie Nope because I'm, like, absolutely not. Like, get that kale out of my milkshake, out of my smoothie. Like, I can't even. I just had to look up quick. I, I love Caprice salad. And I was at this one restaurant where I love to go and get it because it's not just the tomato, mozzarella, and, like, balsamic with basil. It also comes in like this big thing and I was trying to think I was like what's that kale I was like what does that come in and I just looked it up and it comes in a big thing of spinach so okay so I am a fan of spinach Spinach. I said that weird I am a fan of spinach (laughs) it'll call me Popeye okay all right right, so next question have you ever noticed any health benefits or even like health like declines like maybe when you first switch you were like oh my like stomach hurts this one food or just anything along the lines of like health when it came to like going plant-based yeah so I think really as I've tried to shift to more local in season and and less processed food um, I have noticed that I have a higher amount of energy Um, I think one of the best things about eating a plant-based diet is really the longer term effects lowering cholesterol, supporting gut health, which is one of my favorite terms, um, and really just like helping a strong immune system. Um, I, I do find that I get sick a little bit less um, on, on a plant-based diet, um, though I think that has also helped with some of the supplements I've been taking. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I'm trying to remember back, I don't really remember a, a big shift Um, in that, in terms of health benefits, it was just really finding that good balance. I think Mm -hmm. for a long time I was like, okay, where am I going to get my protein? I was very protein focused and, you know, as over the years, it's been much more of a balance and, um, that has definitely helped. And, you know, as a little plug too, um, I, I do notice that when I am diversifying the different vegetables and, fruits and pro and different proteins that I'm eating, my mental health is also better. Um, so I think that wherever someone is on a plant-based spectrum or even not just, you know, making sure that what you're eating also not only supports your physical health, but also your mental and emotional well-being too. Yeah. I feel like that's almost, that's like, like you said, with any diet, it's just like knowing how to balance it correctly. Yeah. It's just going to help to start. Yeah, definitely. All right. Moving right along we're okay um, so i feel like this is also a very common question that, um about like not just even being vegan but eating like more organic foods also 
like how expensive is it to like uphold this lifestyle yeah definitely so i think there there is a general misconception of of plant-based eating and veganism you know if i go to the grocery store and i get all the packaged cheese and meat alternatives then yes it is expensive if i if i get all of the produce that is out of season and I just and that's not local then yes it is expensive however if I focus my meal prep on what's local and in season I have a little calendar on my phone and the week before I go through to see what's in Mm. season I plan around that Um, I use staple pantry items um, in a variety of ways I try to buy bulk as much as possible and then incorporating those alternatives as necessary it's really not that much different in cost than a diet with, with animal products. Um, and so for me, that has really worked. I've just, you know, it takes a little bit of planning and creativity, but I try to use things in, in different ways, which actually I, I very much adapted from uh, this plant-based YouTuber I really like. And, you know, kind of looping back to one of the previous questions, um, I think the the internet um, is a wonderful resource if you are looking to incorporate more plants in your diet. And I follow a few different uh, vegan and plant-based YouTubers and I get to see what they're making and I get to hear about their journeys. And this is a question that comes up sometimes and they get to share their experience. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just all in, in what you buy um, and consume. So, yeah. And even like you said at the beginning, you started this whole thing kind of because you were like, meat's a little expensive. So yeah, it just goes to show that like, yeah, I feel like it's with anything, Mm -hmm. you know, it depends on what exactly you're buying. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number 18. So are you nervous about possible chemicals being in supplements? Are there any companies that you avoid that, you know, have like specific chemicals or unhealthy things in them? Yeah, so I think really the the hard thing with any mass-made food is that it's mass-made food. Um, and it has preservatives and additives that need to be included to prolong shelf life, to make it look appealing and marketable to many different people. And so this is something that's actually not just unique to meat and dairy alternatives, which I'm sure we all know. And And so there are no companies that I I currently avoid, though I do try to keep an eye on some of the companies that I follow and and love, which I'll share about in a little bit, um, to see how they're handling their exponential growth. Because even some of the companies that I first started following and and purchasing from um, have really grown in the last couple of years. And I have noticed that sometimes when a company grows really fast, it can change its values and operations, which could have a really big impact on, on the food that I consume. So, you know, as much as possible, I mean, this might be my tagline for the podcast, but local and in season, you know, really trying to, you know, support the local farms around me and, and the local producers. And that's probably the best way to avoid uh, some of those chemicals is really knowing where the food is coming from. Though when I do, consume mass-made food. I just do it from companies that I value their values. Yeah. So I have talked to people before who want to become vegan and they're like, I'm just worried about like 
chemicals that are in these supplements. And it's like, that just kind of is like, okay, like you can like research that, but like, here you go, like, and you'll eat stuff that are like, you don't know what's in, like, you'll go and eat a hot dog and who knows what's in that. I feel like that's so much more like, that's so much worse for you than going vegan. And I think people just, I don't know. I, I, that's just like one thing that I've heard a couple people say to me. Yeah. And I, and I'm very much not coming at the, the mass produced meat industry. I, I think that it, it, it is a good example though, because yes, people can say, you know, this steak came from a cow though, because it is mass made the way in which the cow was raised and cultivated and the way that meat was produced and then has to go on the shelf. There's all this different stuff that's added into that. You know, it's Mm. not just like a local farm having animals and then producing, you know, meat from it. And then you know where it's coming from. There's a big, you know, chain that has to happen. And there's a lot of different things that are added in there. So, you know, I, I really do think that that's kind of the culture that we're in. And I was recently just listening to a podcast about, um, additive uh, colors. And that was something that they had talked about. And I think it's just all part of that good old moderation point of view and, and really just trying to buy as much as possible, whether it's fruits and veggies and produce and, or meat, just, you know, as much as possible doing the in season and, and local, because then you know where it's coming from. Yeah. So kind of speaking about companies, what are some of your favorite vegan companies? Oh, yeah. So um, two that I wanted to share kind of right off the bat are two online platforms because they have great vegan resources. So one of them is called Veg Out Magazine, um, and it's really a vegan lifestyle brand that just has great articles, recipes, connections to food, health and beauty, clothing. They have news as well. I find myself really just diving into them when I'm trying to be inspired or trying to be connected to my local vegan and plant-based community. And then the other one is called Happy Cow, which I've recently in the last year have um, gotten to know a little bit more. And it's a great site because it lists uh, vegetarian and vegan restaurants. I think they even have different eateries and catering based on location. So it's a great way to find new eats. You can just look it up and, you know, if it's not all vegetarian or vegan, it has, you know, options as well. I've included some, you know, as myself as a consumer. And then I've also looked at it as somebody who's looking for a place to eat. It's just a great, great resource. And then in terms of of national companies that, you know, hopefully are, are, I think, coming into a lot of different grocery stores, um, I really like Field Roast and Chow Cheese. Um, they're based out of Seattle. And then uh, Beyond Burger, which I know is the big debate of Beyond or Impossible, but I am a Beyond gir- Burger girl, <laughs> gal, through and through. Um, they do have such good burgers. I yes, love Yes, they burger. do. And, and, you know, I also threw in uh, Morningstar because... I grew up with it. I grew up with the veggie patty. I can still see it. My mom would get it for me. We throw it on the grill and it still just really hits the spot. It's, it's very nostalgic. It's nostalgic. Yeah. And then um, I also have to plug uh, vegetables, even though it's not really a company, but you can get veggies anywhere. 
grow your own veggies. There's it, locals you can yes, get. Yep. Something I'm trying to do. Try um, zucchinis. The zucchinis are taking over, <laughs> but we are working through it. So, <laughs> all right. Coming up on the last question. Um, do you want to talk about um, your upcoming kind of vegan plant-based restaurant that's starting to happen? Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so I, I recently started a business uh, called Be Full which is a, a vegan eatery. And so currently I am making ready to eat meals and I also do small catering gigs. Um, the food that I make is vegan comfort food. And a lot of it really mimics uh, non-vegan food because just because it's vegan doesn't mean that it can't be just so tasty. And I'm really hoping to, to build on this business and, and start a brick and mortar in a few years. But right now it's just, you know, starting from, from kind of scratch and, and going with all those good produce. And, you know, another big, big thing that Be Full brings is really trying to lead with, with empathy. So a lot of the things that the restaurant will do is uh, making vegan eating more accessible and really based in the community. So I'm trying to just show folks and people that plant-based eating is, is a spectrum and that, you know, it can still be really delicious and, and yeah. doing good can be folded into things that you eat. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about about Be Full. You can also go on Instagram and follow Be Full Eatery. It's also in the description. Um, so go follow your her Instagram because she constantly is posting the most she delicious. Posted, yeah, very very good looking food all the time. Thank yes. you, my my social media friend would be very appreciative because she says I don't um, market myself quite as enough as I need to. So thank you for filling in for that. Of yes. <laughs> Yeah, putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, thank you I feel so like this much. Was pretty, this was yeah. this was awesome. Oh, this was a lot of fun. Thank, thank you, for you all so much. This was this was really wonderful, and I can't wait for for the next installment of whatever this looks like. And you keep sending well, me questions, and I'll keep answering them. We'll definitely have a another episode for next season Perfect. that you'll come back on for. So. <laughs> wonderful. Thank you both. Of course problem all right well i hope everyone enjoyed the episode have a great rest of your day bye Bye. hey so it's me and a from the past future future yeah <laughs> we're coming back at you so this is didn't we say the date last time no that's a different series we're doing <laughs> um so me and a we said we would try some of auntie t's um vegan cookies yeah i don't know if she mentioned exactly what she's making she made vegan cookies i'm pretty sure she calls those these compost cookies don't get that confused with the compost with the compost ramen. vegetables yeah that was <laughs> the compost ramen story don't confuse that um these are just like you take a bunch of things and put them in a cookie so there's like pretzels chocolate other things i don't really know i wasn't there to make them I all right we're gonna try them and they're vegan mm-hmm. this is mm. weird we're just like eating again okay <laughs> um, Ooh, good. I'm not gonna lie. I had like five of them already. So. Oh, so you already know. <laughs> I've already eaten. And it's so interesting because, like, I feel like every bite I get like this was very like salty. Mm-hmm. Pretzel, probably. And the first one I had was more like a crunch. Yeah, there's a lot of different things in them. They're fun. This is really cool. Um, so do you want to explain 
how she makes them? I wasn't really there. Um, it's just like any other cookie that you make. You make a cookie dough and bake them. She has an egg substitute, and then she uses things like, like uh, she doesn't use like um, d- like dairy milk. She uses uh, like we mm-hmm. talked about a different type of milk. So it's all just like anything that would be from an animal product is just substituted with something else. Um, if you want to find out the recipe, you can DM her at be full. At be full eatery on Instagram. On Instagram, so it's a link in our description down below. Um, just so, reminded me to go add that in. Okay. Um, so, definitely, if you have any questions about how to make them, they're really good. Yeah. Um, you eat yours really fast. I'm a really fast eater. You used to not be. I know. It depends on what I'm eating. Off topic. I know, me and A last time we did an eating podcast, which hasn't come up for you guys yet, but, like, me and A have record it's like really confusing our schedule right now you'll hear about it when you get to that episode you'll know and we we were like we don't want to eat on the podcast like we don't want to like make chewing sounds and i think that we really like we're like whatever we were so hungry when pasta's been in front of us oops i spoke yeah pasta well this was really good thank you auntie t thank you auntie t and i love how it came in a old oh yeah almond 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 milk, mm-hmm. non-dairy yogurt alternative. Container. <laughs> it's course. like so cute. Reused. All right. All right. Well, that is um, us eating the vegan cookies. And Very I good. hope that you enjoyed the episode because it was super fun. It was. Super great. Super awesome. <laughs> super fabulous. <laughs> Have a super day. Bye. <laughs>you guys so much for listening if you want to hear more of us we post every single friday or if you want to hear some of our past episodes you can find us on google anchor spotify Pocket Cast, radio public breaker overcast and apple if you enjoyed listening to us please write us a five star on apple it would be greatly appreciated make sure you tell all of your friends about the podcast and as always you can email us at yodeling.sock.puppets at gmail.com This can also be found in the description. If you have any questions or comments, please make sure you email us. This episode of the podcast was directed by Sean and A, written by Sean and A, produced by Sean and A, voiced by Sean and A, edited by A, released by A, provided by Anchor, Web, by Nanny. Make sure to have a great day. Bye. Bye!